You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bo's Nose Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Bo's Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and it's all about fire today. Uh, hard to talk about anything else in Oregon or most of the Western United States, it seems like. Um, it's just, you know, I, I can't tell you how crazy it has been over the last two weeks here. Um, starting out uh, that one Friday afternoon with multiple uh arson style grass fires near my my personal house um and then on sunday having uh an arson created fire that actually was successful turning into a forest fire of over 300 acres down in the mapleton area and then uh you know other fires breaking out the lion's head fire in the mount jefferson wilderness and this this east wind event that was predicted around and sure enough um, I can't believe how strong the winds got that that night uh, obviously uh, caused a couple power line failures that sparked uh, wildfires including the, what's now being called the holiday farm fire which most locals are calling the Mackenzie uh, River fire um, and, and it's, it's just um, kind of insane because uh, even when we were fighting that little Sweet Creek fire down near Mapleton, we were being told how slim the resources were to fight that fire. And we got, you know, we got that one contained and really had a lot of resource on it for such a small fire. But we were told we were kind of using up the, the last of the well. And then suddenly we get, you know, basically three humongous fires in in northwestern Oregon, and there's additional ones in southwestern Oregon, and a lot of smaller fires. Um, so, you know, even we had several, almost 500 people fighting a 300-acre fire a week and a half ago. Now, we barely have 200 people fighting a uh, a fire that's, you know, 105,000 acres. Uh, it, it seems insane, but uh, when you look at the, the satellite mapping of, of these fires, and I've, I've recently found out about something called SARTOPO, which is S-A-R-T-O-P-O dot com, where you can actually get the satellite imagery for fire activity um, and, and look. Uh, and if you zoom out enough to see all of all of uh, Western Oregon, you basically see these, these huge red blobs on the map, and you you know the one that's that's the uh, Holiday Farm fire um, dwarfs the Eugene Springs metropolitan area in size. Um, the one that was the Lion's Head fire and the um, uh, Sandy Ann Canyon fire that merged uh, is even bigger. And it's getting ready to merge with the fire in Clackamas County, uh, creating this humongous fire, um, which would dwarf basically the Portland metro area, um, Portland, Vancouver, or, uh, you know, metro area, uh, if it was overlaid on it. Um, and the winds are still blowing out of the east into the, you know, blowing those fires towards um, more and more um denser populations, and it's a, a scary time here for folks in Western Oregon, and uh, multiple roads closed, 
Uh, it's difficult to get anywhere over the mountains. Uh, and I would, I would just tell people that, you know, pay attention, um, at least for now, um, Springfield seems safe. Uh, and, it, and at least the weather forecast is improving over time. But I would not tell people to completely let their guard down. Um, I put a video up on my, my uh, Jay Boswich West Lane County Commissioner site yesterday that was a, a um, security camera footage basically from our Hagen uh, radio tower site. It basically in less than two minutes, I think it was about a minute 23 or something is what it was. You see flames kind of working their way towards the, the site at night. Uh, eventually you see sparks flying past the camera as the, as the, as the fire closes it in on the site. And then ultimately you see a huge ball of flame engulfed the camera, which was uh, a propane tank exploding at the site. Then there's nothing but basically smoke and fire on the screen for a little bit, and then it gets dark. And it just is a, a, a clear demonstration of how fast fire can move, move. And, and really demonstrates why um, get that level three go notification. And, it, and I put up on my site also just a description of the different evacuation level notices, the level one ready. Level two set, you know. Level three go. You know, it's supposed to be. You know, so you remember it just like a like like start a race. Ready, set, go. You know, um, that's kind of how simplified they want to make it. You know, ready means you know get your stuff together, find your valuables. You know, get all your stuff put in your car. Set means you know you better have your your cat the carrier so you're not searching for it and all that stuff because when you get to go they mean go now they don't mean go you know 20 minutes from now after you gather stuff up they mean now because you see in that video it took less than two minutes for that fire to overtake that site and completely and unfortunately um the fire started and and started overtaking houses and and sites so quickly the first night that we're um, pretty sure that there were probably fatalities, but the problem has been that we haven't been able to get back in size fire perimeter to do enough search um, to determine whether there actually were fatalities or not. It's been a horrible situation. Uh, you know, stretching our staff to the maximum, uh, telling, you know, we were on an instant command emergency operations center for COVID since February. Then we had the Sweet Creek fire, which we had to stand up a, a instant command operations center to deal with that. And then this comes along. Uh, so you can imagine how fatigued our people are in our emergency operations uh, departments at the county. Uh, you can imagine what it's like for the folks, um, you know, doing the firefighting and all that. In fact, I, one of the um, team commanders I saw at a, on a Zoom meeting this morning, um, I know just came off of being assigned down in California, helping out in the California fires. So how fatigued do those, those firefighting teams have to be? Uh, it, it's just insane the level of activity we're having right now. And these fires you know, with the current, with that east wind event, which was a once in an 80 to 100 year event, as the other people described it. Uh, it's set up with this uh, basically kind of high pressure system that comes down out of Canada in the wintertime that we would describe as an Alberta clipper, but it came down in the summertime combined with a surface low setting up basically over San Francisco, which generates that east wind across the Cascades from the high deserts. So the, the, humid, the relative humidities drop to an incredibly low level state of Oregon, for the Western Oregon, I should say. 
And combined with that east descent wind, um, it's just an unusual thing. And the strength of that wind was pretty incredible. I know um, just at my house here in the Elmira area, um, I've got a, a, a row of ponderosa pines, uh, fairly mature, tall pine, ponderosa pines that normally I don't find their needles that far from the base of the trees. I was finding their needles all the way across my yard, um, hundreds of feet. You know, it's a direction that no, they don't normally drop because we don't normally have east winds when they're dropping their needles at all. And I was, we lost some branches down in our yard, et cetera. And in the middle of the summer is not a typical time to be losing branches. So extremely unusually high winds. Um, a lot of facilities, even though they had set their um, circuit breakers at their substations to a single cycle instead of a triple cycle, um, where they, and it's going to get a little technical here, and this is probably my, my eWeb background, so I know a little bit about this and being an engineer. Uh, the circuit breakers they have um, on substations, and they'll have them sometimes actually on, on poles, too. Um, when the first time you know a branch might lay across the line and short it, they pop open, and a lot of times that can be a very temporary situation. Branch falls off, everything's normal, and you know they close back and power comes back up to people. And that's why sometimes you'll see your power blink on and off a couple of times before it actually goes completely out. Those are the breakers resetting. They continue to get it short. After three cycles, they stay open. And that's the normal operations of those breakers. Because they knew this east wind event was coming up, a lot of the utilities reset those breakers. I think you're in the camera. <laughs> uh, set those breakers to one single cycle. So that on very short, they would open up and stay open. But sometimes that's not enough to stop a fire. So even in some areas, once the, uh, things get, were really getting bad, they, they preemptively shut power off to some areas. Unfortunately, there are enough um, fire starts from power lines or other sources, because some of these fires still haven't, the actual cause hasn't been determined. I know the San Yam Canyon Creek fire was determined to be a power line. But it, it's just... Uh, you know, one of those things that, that happens uh, uh, and can't really blame the power companies for it. Um, I hope we don't find out this was something stupid, like somebody using fireworks. Say we do a baby gender reveal party, like in California. Um, one of the fires there was actually started by that. But, you know, but I, I believe most of these fires um, that we saw um, with this east wind event or power line cause just because of how high the winds got in some of those areas. So that, you know, still doesn't make the impact people any less. I mean, the town of Blue River was basically overrun by this fire in such a short period of time, it, it brought back the, the Paradise Fire, um, you know, fire. Somewhere between 80 and 100 structures in Blue River and um, possible loss of life in that area. A lot of people without their homes. Um, and, you know, now, 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 4,000 folks have been evacuated under a level in Lane County. Got to be nerve wracking for them, wondering if they're going to have a house to come back to thing that's really probably hard for people to understand is um, unlike a lot of fires sometimes where they get evacuated and the fire moves on past your area or whatever and it's under containment and you get back in a few days, it's going to take a while for this fire because it was along the major highway is causing a lot of down trees and debris flows into the highway. Sides above the roadways are stable enough, and we're not seeing random, you know, bomb, you know, 
slag in the side, boulders roll down the hill onto the roadway. Uh, can't really have people traveling those roads uh, necessarily. So it may take a while to, to get people back into their neighborhood. Folks. So folks, you know, are patient. Um, you know, we're even seeing this with something as small as that Sweet Creek fire because it, it burned all uphill of Sweet Creek Road in a very steep hill. And we may not be able to open that road still for days. And for, for that road is, is over an hour and a half of traveling one lane um, forest roads, uh, back roads, where if you don't meet somebody where there's a turnout, you're going to have to back up. One of you is going to have to choose to back up for quite a while. Uh, so it's it's been crazy here in Langley, uh, but there there is information available. Uh, at the quickest, easiest way to get information is go to Lane County. dot org. Yeah, or doc, sorry, Lane. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> if you go to Lane County or.gov or lanecounty.org both of those work but lanecounty.org is probably the best the top of our site is a bright yellow banner or gold depending on how your monitor is set up and it has all of the fire information contained in that you click that banner it takes you to our lanecounty.org slash mckenzie fire site that site has all of the various um, evacuation information. In fact, there's even a place where you can enter your own address to determine if you're under an evacuation notification. Scroll down the page there, there's a drop down for evacuation information, safety messages, social information. We even have smoke respite centers set up, what to do with pets and large animals, um, you know, all that information, what road closures, weather information, fire response information, it's all on that site. About the quickest place to find your information is at lanecounty.org. Top of our page is a big yellow banner across the top. Used to be where we had all our COVID information was that yellow banner. Now it's all fire information. If that kind of tells you how quickly things can swing, uh, it, this, this fire has definitely uh, become much more uh, hazardous for the residents of Lane County than uh, any any pandemic at the moment. It's incredible how big and dangerous this fire is at the moment until we get a change in that east wing condition, which is Predicted to happen tomorrow. So hopefully we can start seeing better fire behavior tomorrow and makes better air quality. We have seen air quality levels for what they call PM25, which is particulate matter smaller than two and a half microns. And that's important is that's small enough to get way down into your lung passageways. Had problems with your lung. That PM25 has been as high, the counts have been as high over five, in the 500s and 600. In fact, I saw one for the city of Benita at one point, which was 666. Um, uh, <laughs> value at one point, but at 300, it's considered extremely unhealthy. <laughs> Not supposed to go outside at all if it's over 300. We're seeing 600 and something. So, you know, that that's in almost all of the valley. In fact, this is the first time I've seen the air quality index in Oak Ridge, which is, is, is notorious for its inversions in the wintertime and having bad air quality, is better than the rest of Lane County because they're up above the fire and, and getting the east wind off the desert with, with good air quality. Eugene, Cottage Grove, you know, Cresswell, Coburg, Veneta, even all the way in Florence, 
we're having unhealthy air quality conditions. Uh, so folks, you know, stay inside. There are ways to deal with that. One of the chief easy ways to deal with it just get a box fan and they receive some 520 box fans uh, all you know in a lot of the hardware stores including local Jerry's that 20 by 20 uh, HEPA air filters that go into a um, a central air conditioning type unit central heating system uh, those 20 by 20 filters if they're HEPA rated or you know for allergen rated they will take out that pm25 and uh i actually got the four inch thick ones which are pretty expensive but uh you know my my wife has got extreme allergies and asthma so it was important to me to improve our air quality and duct tape those you know you've got to look which direction the airflow is going on the back side of the the fan it's sucking through the filter and then blowing out the fan and using to turn the air over inside my house while it's completely down. In the house, I've got really nice air quality, but outside, it's horrible. I to warn you that that kind of, of setup is it's not meant to be left running by itself when you're not in, in around the unit because it does place extra stress on the fan motor having that filter taped onto the back and could burn out, so you really don't want to leave it unattended. That to be turned off while you're in the room and right there so you can smell it's getting too hot, you know, the motor's getting too hot, or if something does happen, you're right to deal with it. But a quick, easy, relatively cheap, you know, because I buy the four inch, it's pretty expensive. You only buy a one inch. The fans are basically about 20 bucks a piece. Um, so somewhere around 30, 40 dollars, you can actually have that will So quick and easy thing to set up. That that's how, of course you can buy all sorts of air filters that that will take out that uh, PM25. You know they're HEPA rated. Um, They'll be paying somewhere between eighty to two hundred dollars for some of those air filter systems, uh, standalone air filters. Uh, the twenty by box fan, duct tape, and a, and a set up for under forty. Just have to watch it though, not to be left alone. Don't need to start your own fire. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible. I just, I guess, probably um, I want to note to folks that you know we have had some relative, some newer um, evacuations. Uh, you know, one of which is that uh, we're at level two, we're now at level three. Uh, in the Walterville area, went to level three. Hawk uh, Valley um, went. Level two to level three, and now uh, put a uh, level three in effect at Cali Brush Creek area uh, and put Crawfordsville in Lynn County on a level one, and they put Thurston uh, Hills into a level one. So, just see the maps of where that is. That's under our evacuation information, um, and all the, the, the notice described there. Looking at the satellite map, I'm now going to give you a description of where the fire front is uh, based on the sartopo.com uh, satellite map. Basically, what we are looking at is it's the fire is sort of split into three that are creeping down um, valleys that have you know, broken kind of over a couple ridge lines, and the, the, the one that's down the Mackenzie River that hasn't really split off has got to the point of um, if, if folks are familiar with Deerhorn Road where it comes up and you can turn to cross over to get onto Holden Creek Road on the south side of the Mackenzie. 
right about Holton Creek Road. Then there's a finger that's kind of aiming for Camp Creek. Um, and way up at the very top of the Camp Creek Divide. Um, it does make it over the hill. It's sort of heading for where Wendling Road is, um, Cartwright Creek, uh, and that's still, still basically at the top of the divide there. Third fork is the one that's kind of got folks nervous over in Lynn County, and that's the one that's way up at the top of the divide of the, the Mohawk River. And follow um, and and Brush Creek uh, down to the Crocker. Same time, it could come down the Mohawk and Mar I mean, it, and down Marcola Road. Um, towards Springfield in that direction. That's basically where the fire is and how close it's gotten um, to, to the Eugene Springfield area. Yesterday, um, we're talking about wind speeds 10 miles an hour less now rather than the, the 30, mile, 34, 40 mile an hour gust we started with. But this is a um, situation changing time. I do know that you know some people have asked about um, guard mobilized. The has has yesterday at three o'clock basically issued or announced that she had issued the orders. It does take time to get those guys. Out in the field, um, but they're coming. That help is coming. Driven fire like this, um, mostly about trying to make sure people are safe and get out of the area and out of the way of the fire. Uh, actually, being able to stop such a massive fire from moving forward. Um, if we could have ten times the fire we have right now, we would not be able to put a frontal stop to this fire. Um, if, so um, everybody just keep, a, keep an ear, ear out and uh, pay attention. Uh, check that website, you know, the lanecounty.org. Click on that little banner at the top of our page and you can get all that good information. You want to actually see satellite maps S-A-R-T-O-P-O -O dot um, um, SAR TOPO and SAR stands for search and rescue TOPO and it's meant to, you know, what it, if you buy it, you can do your own backcountry That's what it's really meant for is backcountry hiking. Um, but they have a place on the right-hand side where you can click map layers and one of the things you can click is fire activity and you can also click wind plots so you can see wind directions. Uh, right on the map and as you zoom in and out you can get as you zoom way in it'll actually bring in the streets and, and street names so you can see right where some of the as you zoom out I kind of get an idea that this is not the only fire in Oregon and it's not the biggest fire in Oregon believe it or not uh, it's dwarfed by the fire up there in Marion County will divide all the way down to the, you know, starting to reach um, the lower slopes of the Cascade, uh, the Cascade foothills. Huge fire. So, uh, just, I, I, you know, I got to tell people to be careful with fire out there. We don't need any more. Uh, there's a complete ban on any out fire usage uh, in, in most of Oregon right now. County, <laughs> National Forest has banned all, all you know, welding, fire activities, no logging. I mean, the, the fire, the, the forest activities, all logging has been shut down for since when the event was, was uh, predicted. Yeah, there's no logging activity going on out there. There's no industrial work out, out there. 
most of the campground, all the campgrounds have been shut down in the in the Willamette National Forest. Um, so basically, don't plan on going camping this weekend uh, too much. And uh, please, well, I shouldn't be outside in most of this area anyway because the unhealthy uh, air quality index. Definitely not be out there mowing your lawn, using a string trimmer, using any kind of mechanical particularly in dry grass and stuff like that, please be part of the problem. Now, please help us, you know, not have to stretch our, our um, firefighting resources any further than we already have. Because uh, it's a bad, bad situation out there in Oregon at this point. And and Louis decided to participate in the broadcast, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, I mean, it is, it's, it's such a sad situation. People have seen their entire homes, seen, you know, photographs, family photos, you know, and there are some people that may have lost their life. And who knows how many pets have been lost, uh, livestock, etc. Situation. In fact, Rob, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you actually have um, friends that you, that know they've lost their homes, don't you? Yeah. So far, I got two people that I I know of that have contacted me that have lost their homes. Uh, three now that have actually had to evacuate uh, the area. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, your audio is cutting in and out, but um, I'm trying to get uh, that. I found the website you're talking about. I'm trying to get that up on the screen here in just a few minutes. Ah, uh, the SAR Topo? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I was texting back and forth yesterday um, when the level two um, went out for the uh, Camp Creek um, Deerhorn areas um, and with uh, Secretary of Labor and Industries, uh, Val Hoyle, uh, who I knew moved out there not too long ago um, and asked her if she was okay, you know, did she have a place to go to if, if she had, if they went to a level three. Um, she was helping a neighbor move cows at the time and, and I know Val is not a, a big fan of of large livestock, but she was helping anyway because that's what you do when, you know, when you're a rural Oregonian, you help each other. Um, but uh, she's now had to leave her home now under level three. So, yeah, I I'm, know very many people that have, have had to leave their homes. I don't know anyone personally that's lost like uh, but I have multiple people that have told me they have friends more than just Robin um, that have friends that have, have lost homes already up the Blue River, Vida area um, and have, have confirmed that they've lost their homes. So this is just a um, sad situation. The one, you know, some of the, the bright spots about this is watching communities come together. You know, I, I, my neighbor, um, daughter, uh, has a, a, a fairly sizable horse trailer and, and pickup truck, and I know she volunteered to help people move their horses and livestock and was running trips with that yesterday. Um, you know, Secretary of Labor Val Hoyle was moving cows yesterday. Good on her. I mean, yeah. Things like that, and the people that have come to the Thurston Evacuation Center and brought donations have been incredible. And I've gotten, I was getting multiple contacts yesterday. Who can we contact to find out how we can help? And I was directing people to the Red Cross, um, and there actually was a local contact that I finally got for people. Uh, if you need that, um, you can message uh, me on Facebook, and I'll get you that contact. But the, the Red Cross is really the place to help people. They are, they are the cooperating agency that's in charge of housing evacuees, 
sorting that out. And under COVID-19, that has not been just a, as simple as putting a bunch of cots in the gym of a, a high school and having blankets and and burnt coffee available, you know? <laughs> they actually are putting people into hotels, et cetera. That's why they, you know, we're encouraging people to go either that, that center or contact the Red Cross directly so they can get directed to, you know, uh, first determine their exact needs, you know, how many people are in the family, you know, do they have pets, children, their various things, you know, get them to go, you know, direct them to the right place. Um, and, and so that's the real, one of the real heroes in this is the American Red Cross. So really want to help. They say the best thing that's helping them right now because they have the most flexibility with it is cash. I mean, obviously, and quite often an agency, like American Red Cross, it's a nonprofit, can buy stuff in bulk at huge discounts because suppliers will discount stuff to Red Cross, and you'll go to Costco and retail for it and donate it when they could probably buy 10 times as much for the same amount of money. So giving um, money directly to the, the American Red Cross um, is one of the ways you can help out right now. Red Cross is doing an incredible job, but I tell you, uh, listen, I I don't know who keeps telling 2020, you know, you know, yeah, you're a horrible year, but how, you know, you can't get any worse. And 2020 keeps looking back at them and saying, "Hold my beer." Yeah. By the way, on the screen, I got that uh, that map and the address. Uh, ah, yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah, and it, I don't know if you've got zoomed out or zoomed in, but yeah, I've got it zoomed out where I'm seeing from the California border to the uh, Washington border uh, on my screen right now. And it's just, you will understand why resources are so thin. And if you see the whole West Coast, you realize there's fires in northwest Washington all the way down to San Diego right now. Um yeah, it's pretty amazing uh, and pretty unprecedented. And, and like I said, this is a once in an 80 to 100 year weather event. The last time something like this happened, we had a little thing called the Tillamook burn. And and people might be aware of what that was, but basically the, the what's now the Tillamook State Forest for the most part, was reason the state got it was because landowners basically um, let it let it go back. Oh, I'm hearing an um, emergency alert on my television coming from the other room. Uh, might have to check my email here while we're on. <laughs> um, so I, I would just, you know, say that, you know, my train of thought because that emergency alert sound there's nothing like that sound to make you prick your ears up um, I'm looking to see if we're getting any additional um, evacuations here um, you got it on Did you get that, Robin? No, I didn't get any alerts yet. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe I'm just hearing feedback from my own self here. I, I'll try and see if I can pick up what that, that most recent alert is. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of lost where I was on my train of thought for a minute there because I was hearing that emergency alert and trying to look on my, my email real quick to see if I've got something new from the county. Um, See if there's a new uh, Well, while you're doing that, uh, shall I say, share a little bit of humor? Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, I know where I was. I was talking about how 2020, uh, I was going to say, the only thing that would make this worse is if we had the subduction zone earthquake right now while we don't have any evacuation routes over central Oregon. But um, <laughs> that's really 
gallows humor. For so what's up? All right. Um, as we're you know trying to prep the motorhome, just on the off chance, you know, putting new batteries and whatever, and trying to find batteries. So I called Bymart, and you know, to see if they have the particular battery. And while I'm on hold, uh, this was what was playing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and if people know that song, they keep going further and further in time. Oh, gosh. I remember when that song was originally on the radio, which is really showing my age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not Latest update was 3.13 on the website, so I don't know if it's picking up that latest emergency alert that we just heard um, in the background. Uh, uh, I'm not seeing a new email come across from our... our uh, I'll see if there's anything else coming off. Um, We got something your time on this. Lincoln City. Um, yeah, you never know because they cover several counties with those emergency alerts. Whether that's coming from Lane County or it might be something dealing with um, the level three evacuations in Lane County. Um, up there in the Brush Creek and Calapuya areas. Um, but the refresh button one more time, see if anything new comes up. Nope. Well, so, you know, I, I didn't, I haven't offered the call in number yet today because I wanted to try and get through some of all, all the information that I have. Um, I mean, that's, this fire is huge. 105,000 acres is what they stated at the uh, cooperators meeting this morning that I attended by uh, by video. And uh, that's a massive fire. So um, I've got somebody checking at the county on that new emergency alert. Uh, but if you have anything, questions about the fire or comments, or if you want to offer some, some help to folks, uh, the number to call in here at the show is 646-721-9887. Again, that's 646-721-9887. Just press one so Robin knows you want to get on, get on live. Um, and 646-721-9887, just press one to... Let us know you want to get on the show. Um, but it, it's been a, I'll tell you how crazy it's been. Um, you know, how fast this whole thing changed. And I just hope folks keep paying attention. And I hope it kind of, if you're not somebody that had to evacuate, time to understand about, and I've talked about this on the show before, preparing for emergencies. And we used to tell you, you know, you had to have 72 hours of, of, of food and water for everybody. That's really what you need to have to be able to put in your car and throw back, <laughs> including your pets. So if you, get, if you get a level three and you have to leave your house, because you actually end up staying in your house, like for snowmageddon or gone to Cascadia subduction zone, earthquake shuts things down for weeks at a time, you really want to have it doesn't require electricity, 
have to really open. You know, you don't. You know, that you have a manual can opener, not just a, an electric one. You know, things like that. Um, it, 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 this is an opportunity to start thinking some of that through. You know, watching your neighbors go through some of this. If you're not somebody immediately affected, it's a good time to start thinking about getting yourself prepared because the next time it could be you. And that's an important thing that we have, you know, if we're prepared, we're part of the solution um, rather than uh, having uh, having to uh, uh, be somebody that's being helped. You're taking up resource if you're one of those people that requires assistance from fire. If you're prepared, ready to go, and you have your stuff together and you're self-sufficient, you're really helping a lot. If, you know, if somebody's not helping get you out of there, they're able to turn around and fight fire or help somebody that, that really needs to help help. In fact, one of the reasons why they encourage people to have you know, food is there's bound to be a neighbor of yours that doesn't prepare and that neighbor is going to either be, you know, your old grandmother you can't turn away or somebody with a two-year-old kid you can't turn away. So suddenly your two weeks, your four weeks worth of food between two weeks. Whatever you can do to start thinking about preparation. And there's all sorts of great resources about how to prepare. FEMA's website has, has all sorts of great information. Uh, I think we can even link through to it from our emergency um, planning website uh, on the Lane County side. Um, our emergency operations site has some links to how to prepare for, for uh, emergencies uh, just like this one. Uh, but just, you know, use this as an opportunity, uh, some planning. Um, you know, it, it always seems like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that tomorrow. It's something you can just do a little bit at a time. It's not very expensive. You know, one trip to the grocery store, you buy, you know, some non-perishable food that might last a day. Another trip, you buy, you know, a case of water that you're going to set aside. You know, another trip, you, you buy extra um, dog food or something. You know, it, it, it just little things at a time, and eventually you can build up that supply without having to, you know, go out and spend, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars on a whole bunch of freeze-dried food from some, you know, uh, prep, prepper, you know, or us. Uh, dot com. You know, <laughs> just you know, little things you can do to make sure that you have that that ability to. to uh, part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Yeah, and if I can jump in for a second. Um, one other thing, too, is that pets, um, we love our animals. Dogs are a lot easier than cats because sometimes if an animal is spooked, especially a cat, their first instinct is to hide. And if your place is going is on fire or close to be on fire, if you can't do a grab-and-go, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it's sad, but, uh, you know, and also one of my friends that lost their home, they just lost their horses, too. Well, that's terrible. But you got to... Uh, yeah, it's not, you know, when you've got, you know, when you get to go, um, you don't have time to hook up a trailer and load horses. Right. Unfortunately. Uh, that's that. Uh, that's really sad. Um, somebody that grew up with horses. Um, yeah, there's there. I have one that was like a dog. <laughs> she come up to you and bury her head against your chest and let, let you scratch your ears. You know, <laughs> follow me. Would follow me around the yard. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, I I can't imagine if I had lost her in a fire. Um, I'd be devastated. So, uh, so I just you know want to let people know um, um, we, we want folks to be safe. 
Uh, we've got a lot of resource available. We've opened up the Lane County Fairgrounds for some large animals. Uh, we're working with um, the Lane County Animals in Distress folks um, that, and helping people uh, resituate pets and, and livestock and everything else. A lot of people are stepping up, um, like my neighbor that volunteered to haul uh, animals uh, and other folks I know that have been doing that. Um, and there are people that are offering the board and stuff, uh, but they, yeah, the, work through the website, find that central location. Uh, even the, you know, the Red Cross can steer people to some of the, the resources available for, for animals. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things uh, they were saying at, at, at the uh, Thurston evacuation site that they were short on was, was not so much uh, pet food, but uh, you know, some of the things that you don't grab when you're running out of the house um, might be a kennel or a pen or a leash or a dog bowl for dog, you know, for water and food. Those sorts of, of accessory items were part of their character. But once again, probably the best, easiest thing to do is to make cash donations to the restaurants. So, Robin, I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, what's our stream time left? Is it? We got nine minutes. Yeah, so I thought. Uh, I, okay. We can go uh, because of the situation. I extended the log time for another sixty minutes if we need to. If yeah. somebody wants to give us a call, six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Um, I am checking some of these sites. The only thing I see current is. Uh, this is out of Lincoln City, in case anybody's listening out there. Lincoln City on the Oregon coast has been ordered to evacuate immediately. Level 3 go now due to imminent arrival of the Echo Mountain fire. Yeah, I was noticing that changed. Um, when I first got on the Sardo, to, Sartopo, it, the dots were not close to the coast. They were still up the river, and apparently that fire got up and ran. Um that Echo Mountain Complex fire. Right. So that may have been what it was for because KZI is broadcast in Lincoln City and yeah. you know, a lot of the cable systems. So, and I know that's what my, uh, my Elizabeth is in the other room watching the news. <laughs> yeah, the only other things, not locally here, I-5 between... North Medford Central Point Interchanges, exits 3033, closed due to wildfire. Um, Oregon uh, 22 North San Diem Highway remains closed between Staten and San Diem Junction, milepost 13 to 84. So, and the weather. And if you're curious about um, the Holiday Farm fire, um, and, and any of the fires basically that are that are being fought. Um, uh, there's a, a site called INCIWEB, I-N-C-I-W-E-B. Uh, if you go to I-N-C-I-W-E-B, and then you got dot N-W-C-G dot gov, that'll get you into the um, the Northwest version, um, and you can actually see it brings up a map, and you can find the uh, Holiday Farm fire or any of those fires, and it'll give you, um, you know, size of the fire, um, when that was updated, and a map of the outline of the fire is another place you can go. I I, I think the SAR Topo site um, probably looks better than that, um, but you can also see the, uh, the Echo Mountain fire working its way down towards uh, basically the lake. You know, the lake there um, that empties out into the shortest river in the world, the Dee River. Um, um, in Lincoln City, so you can understand why Lincoln City is suddenly getting a level three. Yeah, I got that uh, website up on the map here and uh, waiting for a refresh. It's like uh, the West Coast. Ah, forget it. 
<laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of joke jokes lately about the end times and yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, what's really sad is that the only thing that's going to survive is Washington, D.C. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it is it is not too far above sea level, so maybe if the Greenland ice cap really is melting, they'll, they'll end up underwater eventually. But really don't want to hope disaster on anybody. Um, but, you know, it, it, you kind of wonder... You know, after the the last couple of weeks we've had with, you know, first of all with the whole summer with COVID, um, and then adding in you know the the Fernridge you know fires on that Friday afternoon, the Sweet Creek fire, then that Lion's Head fire, and then suddenly this East Wind event and the explosion of fires. Where you're kind of waiting, you know, when 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 do the frogs and the the uh, locusts start? You know, <laughs> when are they scheduled? <laughs> Oh, they checked in. They're they're back ordered. They got hung up on the freeway. Uh, they're part of the supply chain problems from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, uh, it it you can't help but have to laugh because it is so sad. Um, I mean, they're this is destroying some people's lives and it, and people that were already so down. I mean, you start out with. Fire for Happy in rural Oregon, which has been devastated over the last, you know, 30 years, you know, from the spotted owl restrictions on timber harvest, um, you know, grazing restrictions, et cetera, you name it, you know, rural Oregon hasn't been doing good. And economically, then you throw on top. You know, and then, so one of the things we get told was switch your economy over to tourism. Great. Okay. We're now going to be tourism economy. And then comes COVID. And completely shuts down the tourism industry for the most part. And now fire. And, and so the people that were already hurting, communities that were already hurting, are now being so impacted by fire. Um, it's just uh, it's sad, it's tragic, and I, my thoughts are uh, go out to all those people impacted. Um, you know, I, I, my best hope is, you know, for, is for some rain next week and uh, winds to turn around and back the fire up on itself um, and put a stop to this and... and, and Hopefully we can work on recovery from there, and uh, I'll be in Salem and going, and I'll be talking to folks back in Washington D.C. about maybe refocusing their thoughts on um, trying to get some aid out here for infrastructure rebuilding and getting some of these folks in rural communities put back to work, um, restoring and replanting our forests uh, like they did after the Tillamook burn um, and planted the state force there um, and, and, you know, maybe employ some of these people in the recovery efforts uh, that have been so impacted. Uh, so we have to start thinking about recovery now while we're in, in the uh, event. Um, but stay tuned. Uh, keep, uh, keep an eye out on TV uh, and uh listen to the radio, uh, check the website. Uh, and if you're in one of those areas that goes to a level three, I'm pretty sure you'll know about it um, because we do have the ability to ping everybody's cell phones that are inside that area uh, through the magic of technology and override even your do not disturb settings on your phone. And you'll get, if you're one of those, like I was, that got the East Wind uh, emergency alert over their phone the other day and scared living daylights out of me because uh, I had my phone in my, my pant pocket at the time and, and suddenly um, um, my thigh was, was, was <laughs> alarm. <laughs> uh, you know, they'll know and, and we'll let you know. We also have the ability to dial landlines inside those areas um, and bring those. Uh, so uh, 
we'll, we'll get noticed to you. In fact, and they, they, they even door knocking in some of those areas that we had to evacuate in a hurry the first night. But you know, but even so, keeping an eye out um, and knowing what level you're under. Remember the Lane County .org site. You can actually put in your address to find out if you're under any sort of evacuation notification and see what level it is if you are. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and maybe we'll have Scott on if things have calmed down. And we'll talk about Dennis Richardson. And Scott's a pretty interesting guy, too. So uh, get to talk to him some, hopefully, next week. If not, we'll be back talking about fire and other things. Uh, it's going to be a busy week for the commissioners, too. We've got uh, all-day meetings on Tuesday and Wednesday. Listening. We'll be back next week for another live from smoky downtown Elmira, Oregon. Have a great week.